Hi guys, I'm Prakshal and welcome to the Now podcast. In this episode we have Krisha Shah. Krisha is the founder of a startup called Disco. Disco is a social network for professional discovery and it's all about community building and discovering the right people at the right time. I hope you guys will enjoy this episode and merry christmas guys. Tell us about your school life and college life and what kind of student you were. Um So I've always been a high achiever as a student. Uh you know, I quite liked I liked studying, I liked doing other things. I was an all-round student. I think in India I went to the cathedral in John Connell School. Um I was there till the 10th standard and I'd always been someone who was very outgoing and active in all sorts of activity activities from debates to elocution or uh, athletics and stuff like that. Um I think, you know, as you read in one of my articles I left and I went to boarding school after the 10th grade and I went to this boarding school outside of London called Wickham Abbey School. It was uh it was one of the best schools in the country and I think that was my first experience of suddenly going from being one of the best in the class to just one of, you know, the average students in class. And I think that was a bit of a blow to me, but uh in terms of it being like an important learning experience i think it's really important to challenge yourself and you know if you're always at the top of at the top of a small pond you won't really think much about how much more you can achieve or pushing yourself so i think that was something that stayed with me and i went on to apply to a whole bunch of universities and colleges across the uk and america and eventually i went to the university of california at berkeley um where again i was yet another fish in an even bigger pond you know i went from like a school of a couple thousand kids to <laughs> something of like 30 40000 students in a school oh my God. so yeah it was it was interesting to say the least and uh, how it dealt with like initially like you know being the best student and then you suddenly you realize you're not the best anymore so it like t- come and tells with that feeling um I think a lot of it had to do with what my parents would think. You know, I think as Indian kids, you're quite conscious of what your parents think and not that my parents put a lot of pressure on me, but I was always very proud of the fact of telling them, you know, whenever I got good grades or whenever I achieved any awards of being the best student. So I think when I went to being, you know, not the best, that was one of the things that was at the top of my mind like, oh, what will my parents say? What will I tell them? and i think aside from that it was also individually i had to really think hard about what it meant to me you know was i upset about it just because i didn't have that ranking as number 1 or was i upset because i i realized i didn't know as much as i should you know i think you have to question yourself about what it means to you so i think that was a it was a whole process and By the end of it I didn't see it as something to be upset about but something to see as a challenge to work harder and to keep working better um and to choose what you're good at and what you like doing and match that with what you think will give you more opportunity in life as well. What were your goals at that goals and aspirations at that time like when you were in college and school growing up? Um I think in terms of a bigger picture I've always <laughs> I've been always been a bit of an idealist thinking I want to change the world and I want to make the world a better place. That was my broad goal, but I think at every stage I was focused on the next step, the next achievable step. So when I was at boarding school, 
doing my A levels, I was focused on getting into the best university that I could. When I was at college, at university, I was focused on getting really good internship experience and, you know, kind of getting mm-hmm. a global experience and traveling to interesting places. And then it became about applying to good companies to get a good job. I think it was always step by step incrementally while I was thinking about that bigger picture goal of, you know, doing something meaningful and giving back and just changing the world to make it a better place. And have you something in that, uh, at that point of time, like through what you want to change the world? Like there's so many ways you can contribute to the society, right? Maybe you can start an NGO or you can do like your best yeah. stuff. You can be happy. I don't know. So what, what do you know, like at that point, what exactly? Yeah, what I, exactly? Had a, I had a very specific idea. Um, I think when I was at college and frankly, even when I was at school, I wanted to work in international development or in human rights. I think I wanted to work at the UN or the World Bank. I interned at Human Rights Watch in San Francisco for six months. And I worked oh. in a lot of like organizations that were in that, in that sphere. Um, but I mm. think the more I did it, the more I realized that, that, that wasn't necessarily the only path for me. You know, I think, uh, mm. the work that I was doing in my internship was very administrative. And while the, the conversations at the office were interesting and I believed in the company's mission, I think I realized that my actual tasks on a day to day basis were not something that I could directly see the value from. Um, and that's what kind of then shifted my perspective away from trying to only work at, you know, these types of organizations to maybe doing something else, which has smaller impact, but more tangible impact. Yeah, after college, you found yourself on the crossroads, like what to do now. And you ask this to yourself, like what good are two degrees from top tier universities if I couldn't figure out what to do with them? Yeah. So yeah. most of most of us like feel this way only if we have graduated from a good college or even like an average college. But that is the thing that we all face, like especially like this generation is facing like what to do now. There is so much to do. And that is becoming a negative for us, like what to do. Yeah. So tell us, like, how do we figure that part out? You know, I think, I think there's so much, when I was growing up, I feel like we were made to think that it's very obvious and easy and things will just pan out the way they're supposed to. So, you know, you study business and then you go to college and then you'll just be a businessman or like you study economics and then you get good grades and you can work at the World Bank, but it isn't really like that in real life. You know, you might study something and you acquire certain skills, but by the time you're ready to apply for jobs, I don't think it's that obvious to most students that what can I apply, what jobs can I apply to with these skills that I have? Or very often you feel like I've studied so much, but I don't have any skills that make me particularly employable. I think applying to that very first job, your first full-time job, is extremely daunting. And I think for both me and most of my friends, we were all applying to so many diverse types of companies. Um, so maybe I was applying to like consulting firms. I was applying to firms in like media and advertising. I was applying to human rights organizations, international development organizations. And it was very stressful because I got a lot of rejections, you know, because you're not necessarily specialized in any of those fields. You just have overall general good skills and you have good grades. So I think, I don't know, I, it was, it was definitely difficult. And my way of figuring it out was doing, um, doing a bunch of different things depending on what came my way. But what I would recommend to someone in today's day and age is that 
look at the kind of jobs or the career paths that exist and then work backwards from there so say if you want a career in media and advertising see what skills you need to know do you need to know video editing do you need to know you know um data analytics whatever it is that you need to succeed in that field you should start learning those things um while you have time at college and uh, you also mentioned that i'm called multipotentialites and i i saw that i talk and the simpler time i came across i was reading a book uh, so that uh, entrepreneur called the multi passionate entrepreneur i was feeling the same like few weeks ago like i i don't know what i want to do and i have so many interest maybe there is something wrong within me <laughs> like but, but, <laughs> like people around me are like dude you cannot like stick to one thing i'm like i easily get bored like after a process like i get into something i learn it i get better at it and i'm like okay that's it i, I guess <laughs> yeah but yeah that so how do you uh, like how does the, the, that term help you in that so process discovered that term earlier this year i think if i'm not mistaken um and when i when i watched that ted talk and when i read about the term I felt so inspired and it kind of made a lot of things make sense to me that I didn't understand about mm-hmm. myself before. So like mm-hmm. very similar to what you described I saw I feel like I'm someone who is good at many things without being like a specialist in any one thing, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that can cause a lot of anxiety because you're not sure what to do with this general, you know, uh, awareness. But mm-hmm. I think um I think multipotentialites so people who have multiple interests or multiple passions can figure how to channel them especially if you end up being an entrepreneur I mean I'm speaking only from personal experience but uh, being an entrepreneur or like building my own company allowed me to bring all of those interests and passions together in a way that I don't think I would have been able to maybe at another company um I also think that what if you spend time figuring out like these are the things that i like doing and that i'm good at doing maybe you can even design a role for yourself at a company that you find interesting and reach out to them you know i would say if you think you're able to do content strategy and maybe like marketing marketing events and things like that write to a company and say hi i really like what you're doing these are my skills this is the kind of work i could do for you and i think it could add a lot of value to your company and i'd love to be given a chance at doing it but i think you have to figure it out first before being able to convince someone else uh, okay so tell us about your company and where did the seed of disco came along um so i think as i mentioned to you i've had interests in so many different things but i ended up working in consulting in technology consulting at accenture in london um so i worked there for a year and i wasn't very i wasn't very happy at my job you know i don't think i was very good at it i didn't feel like i was an important enough part of the larger company vision um and i i think i'm someone who feels motivated by seeing the impact of the work i'm doing and at that point i started brainstorming an idea for something i could do on my own and both my brother and i have always loved travel and photography So I started coming up with an idea for an app in the travel space and I think when I realized that I was enjoying spending my time working on my own thing so much more than my full-time job that was when I kind of decided I need to quit 
Um, and I kind of made the tough decision of quitting and moving back to India after nine years. So I'd been away for nine years and I came back. And um, as I started talking to my brother and we started figuring out this new business idea, we were trying to recruit people. We were trying to hire agencies. We needed mentors, you know, people who could give us advice and information. And at that point, we realized it's really difficult to find the right kind of people to work with. And I think we realize that a lot of people are using social media to network today, but it's not very effective or it's not for the millennial generation. Um, LinkedIn is fab for, you know, corporates and enterprises. Maybe Instagram is great for like chance discovery. And Facebook, I think, has now gotten too big. So Facebook groups might help a little bit, but you end up getting a lot of spam responses and, you know, too many replies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And um, I think that's when we realize that there is scope and there is a great need for a better local networking solution. And that's when we decided we shouldn't be trying to build this travel app. We should be trying to improve professional discovery and professional networking. And that was honestly the birth of Disco. Disco is short for Discover. Um, and we're a professional networking and professional discovery platform. And we're trying to make networking more relaxed, more friendly, more informal, and more natural to the way that people actually interact with each other today. You just told me like it's so much difficult to build a startup. And it's, it looks glamorous from the outside and cool. Like it's so cool, <laughs> but, but it's not like every day you have to hustle and you have to deal with so many things. And being, you know, the founder in the, and being the head of the organization, most like you found, you must found yourself alone. Like, you know, most of the time, like your co-founders and you found like uh, who to look up to. Like yeah, what now? It's very difficult. I mean, it's, I love what we do and I find it very uh, exciting and challenging, but I'm not going to pretend like every single day is amazing and that I haven't had many periods of time when, you know, I've doubted myself when both my brother and I have doubted what we're doing. Sometimes when things are tough, like one of us may lose faith and then the other person has to be like the one who says, no, let's keep at it. You know, you lift each other up in the whole journey. We've had a lot of setbacks. We had to scrap the whole first app that we built and rebuild everything from scratch. We've worked with people who've taken advantage of us. You know, things have happened. A lot of things have happened. But I think it's all like a learning process. There's no way you can even begin to imagine what the journey is going to be like until you actually do it. But um, I guess more or less, I'd say I wouldn't change a thing. And I keep feeling on, you know, tough days that, wow, it's been three years. It's been three years. And we've only come so far, but on good days, you have to remember that you should be proud of the fact that you've worked on something for three years or as however long you've been working on it. You know, don't measure yourself by like days or minutes or years. Just think about how much you've learned. And what are your goals and visions right now for the disco and yourself? Um, I see myself in disco as one person. It's kind of weird, but... uh, I think um, in the near short term, I am focused on launching our social network, which I hope to have fully rolled out by January 2020. Um, it's a really big milestone if we hit it. Like I said, we've been working on this for over three years now. So that's a short term goal. And a slightly longer term goal is to grow the disco community um, across tier one cities in India and maybe even abroad 
and to really help people discover a new and better way of working and networking you know something that really allows people to find each other and collaborate on interesting projects and see some really cool new ideas spread and like i want people to feel inspired by each other i think the world can be quite negative and quite scary and daunting and at the same time there's so much so much incredible positivity and innovation in the world i'd like to help bring that out for more people to see and feel um inspired by and you just have to you know facilitate a little bit uh, provide a little bit of environment and there's so many inspiration to me so many ideas and people said they are what is lacking is just a bit of environment yeah. that we are lacking and and exactly what you are planning to do and like all the best like for january 2020 <laughs> i hope you guys will rock it i hope yeah. so too i mean i hope to see you on the platform we'd love your feedback you know we're trying to grow and design this with the community so that it's something that works for you So we are having a lot of offline onboarding events where you can come we help you create your profile we talk to you about what we want the platform to do for you you can tell us if it's working for you or not the kind of features you'd like to see on it um so we see it as a very collaborative approach to building this Okay, so I want to talk about the notion of perfection. You uh, held an event in perfection, right? In perfect, perfect, mm-hmm. or wrong? Yeah. So, so you said if we all be the perfect, then there will be no difference, and perfection will cease to exist. <laughs> and, and I was like, okay, and everyone got their meaning of perfection. So, I want to know what is your definition of perfection? I think. I think perfection to me or like a perfect day or a perfect I don't know when I think something's perfect is when it makes me feel proud happy or satisfied so on a day where I wake up and you know or at the end of the day when I'm going to sleep if I feel like I've I'm proud of what I accomplished that day or I'm happy with the way I feel that day I think that's a quite a perfect day I don't think it's I think each day is relative it's not like it's the same every day but you need to go to bed feeling like you're proud of what you've done or that you're you feel like you've been productive that day or simply just satisfied like you're at peace in your mind with with what's going on I think that's probably my definition of perfection Wow that's perfect I guess <laughs> <laughs> Okay so th- this is my favorite question uh, so I got rid of 3 by 3 metrics I haven't mentioned it in the mail Oh wow uh, okay so, <laughs> so so what are the three people three habits and three books that have impacted your life the most Okay three people three habits and three and three books three, three books books um okay So maybe with the uh, I'm going to have to go a little bit back and forth on these but yes. maybe with people who've impacted my life most recently I've been extremely inspired by Greta Thunberg um and everything she's doing for uh you know propelling this whole climate revolution forward so I think Greta is someone who's really inspired me Um I am also inspired by Naval Ravikant uh who's the founder of Angelist um I think he's got a really interesting perspective on life and the way he looks at things um and I think the third person who's really inspired me is my mother I think um I think she's someone who's extremely determined and you know she's always supported 
me and everything that I've done. She's someone who can love so unconditionally. And I think that's a really, really nice way to be. So I think those are three people who profoundly um, inspired or, you know, impacted my life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then did you say three habits? Habits, yes. Um, hmm, that's interesting. So I think... I think... I think I've made it a habit to surround myself with people who um, make me feel happy and try to distance myself from anyone who brings me down or, you know, who has a negative aura. I think that's something I've done consciously uh, and really surrounding yourself by people who inspire you or who push you forward is, um, is I think, very crucial in getting me as far as I have been able to get till today. I think secondly, uh, reading a lot, like I love reading. Um, more recently, I haven't been reading that many books, but I've been reading a lot more articles and, you know, blogs and things like that. I read the news obsessively. So I am constantly taking in information. I think reading is really important. Um, you don't even have to read every single word, even if you're skimming, it's important to just know what's going on in the world and not just read perspectives that align with yours, but even reading perspectives that contrast with yours. You know, you need to challenge your view on the world. There's no point just constantly preaching to the choir or hearing reinforcements of what you believe. But I think you have to challenge yourself. Um, and I think the third is making a habit to travel regularly. I feel like there's so much out there in the world. You need to try and look for inspiration everywhere so whether it means traveling locally around your city whether it means traveling around your country or of course if you get the opportunity to travel to other places in the world I think travel has really been very important in helping me broaden my perspective and broaden my horizons in general um, I think that's uh, that's really interesting Yes, actually, all the three bits were actually interesting. Like you're consciously trying to, you know, decide who, whom you are like hanging out, and that that's about a lot, you know. Like you are the average of five people you're hanging out with, you know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, and okay, so coming to three books, you just mentioned you're an avid reader. So what are the three books? So three blogs or any author you want to recommend? Mm, okay, so I think uh, in terms of fiction, one of my favorite authors is Jhumpa Lahiri. Um, I love her writing. I think she's incredible. And I really resonated with her, uh, with her writing when I was in college because she writes about, um, I think, the Indian diaspora. So people from India, like second or third generation Indians living abroad. And I think she did a really good job or she does a really good job of like talking about the conflicts they face in their life or like their mixed identity and how they're kind of navigating the world around them. And, you know, uh, battling with matching their cultural roots and their upbringing with the world that they live in, with the present world that they live in. So I love Jhumpa Lahiri's work. Uh, I love Kafka. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily applicable to my work, but I think Kafka's work in general is really great. I studied it in college as well. Um, and then I read the book, uh, The Platform Revolution, I can't remember who wrote it. I'll find it and send it to you. But 
It's absolutely a brilliant, brilliant book. So I read it right at the beginning before I started building Disco. And it talks all about how platforms uh, are changing the world today. So when you think of platforms, it's things like Uber, like Amazon, like Airbnb, like Facebook, whatever it is. Um, it talks all about like the different elements of platforms and how to grow them, how they function, how to unleash their potential. And I think that was a fabulous book. So I'd recommend it to anyone who's interested in platforms or who's building a platform to definitely check it out. To my list. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. So to wrap it up, uh, this is my last question. Uh, how do you define success and failures? You're asking a lot of these uh, heavy questions and you're asking <laughs> Uh, spontaneously okay how do i define <laughs> success and failure i guess spontaneously you get the right answer like if you think <laughs> it, it gets this um, okay success i think i think this is again it's it's inspired by what i've already told you about perfection kind of you know being happy at the end of the yes. day but I think like in terms of success, for me, success means being able to impact people's lives and change their lives for the better. So if I'm able to do that for whether it's two people or 10 people, I think either way I'm successful. I'd like to be more and more successful in that. I'd like this goal to be able to help as many people as possible and find the other people we need to work with to learn from and be inspired by so i think that's my definition of success and failure failure is such a negative word i'm trying to be more <laughs> these days but um I think, I think i don't know i guess maybe you failed if you're if you if you doubt yourself when you shouldn't um i don't know if that's exactly what i'm trying to say but i think like I think you failed if you're being negative and hurting other people or like, you know, you're not providing any value. You're not doing anything meaningful. You're bringing people down. I think as long as you're being helpful or encouraging or supportive, that's positive. But if that's failure, if the work you're doing is harming other people or bringing them down. And I guess like people who are bringing other people down is like failing in general also, like, you know, if there's yeah. no point here like why should we like pull people down there's so much for everyone in this world you know absolutely i mean of course you can't apply this to like exams and things when you don't get a grade <laughs> and that's pretty straightforward <laughs> but i think in a larger sense like just um yeah not being able to like just bringing people down or you know not being supportive or making someone feel bad or harming others that's failure Wow, that's awesome. This conversation has helped me in so many ways. Seriously, and that so it's helped I've, me as well. I've said a lot of things that I didn't know, I'd never thought of before. So you definitely got me being very spontaneous. And that is like the best part. That is the most best part of like of my podcast that I, I enjoy it so much. Like there are some parts that I don't enjoy like after post like social media and that stuff. <laughs> but, the, but the conversation part is like I love that so much since it is helping me in so many ways. Like people cannot. I don't know like how audience will perceive it and how many people will listen to it. But for me personally, I'm like so 
pumped up right now and thank you like I'd love to know any feedback that you hear what people tell you anything that they disagree with also I'd love to hear about that I think um no this is this has been so much fun I love like meeting people and talking to people in real life not over text or over email so <laughs> it's, it's really nice it's really nice to have a real conversation and but thank you so much for taking the time to do this and thank you for inviting me on this thank you for doing this